Welcome to the Engineering Emotions and Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Wink, coming to you from Belize. So uh, this where this recording is uh, happening right now, and uh, got a good topic related to the travels I've had so far. We'll be talking about uh, lessons learned from lost civilizations. And so, if you do hear some uh, some noises, it's because I'm in a uh, I'm I'm uh, staying at a hostel, and my room is uh, the treehouse room. So I'm about four stories up. There really aren't. Um, there's the shapes of windows, but they're not closed. There's, you know, nothing to keep the bugs out. I haven't had too many problems with the bugs while sleeping. But uh, pretty much whatever's going on outside, uh, you might be able to hear it. So there's birds, there's dogs, there's cars, there could be people. So I'm recording this early in the morning to uh, hopefully ensure we don't have too much background noise. So uh, f- forgive that or just enjoy the soothing sounds if, uh, you know, you lose interest in what I'm talking about, even though it's going to be really fascinating, because what I want to talk about is a couple couple things that I've I've noticed. Um, so one thing, if you're not sure where Belize is, it's in uh, Central America. Uh, I'm in the inland area of San Ignacio, which is close to the Guatemalan border. And um, it is uh, one of the areas where there's a lot of um, Mayan background, and so ancient Mayan temples. And um, so I've gotten to do a couple tours. One was to one of the uh, large temples, um, San Antonich. Um, it starts with an X. So I always was like, are they saying St. Anthony's? And no, it's, um, it's pretty close to pronounced San Antonich. Um, so it's a really uh, large temple uh, with several, several structures that have been excavated um, over the past uh, 50, 50 or so years to sort of uncover things. And so they've had a chance to learn a lot. And visiting that was really fascinating because um, got to, you know, one, it's you have to cross a, a, a river uh, to get there. And a lot of the um, sacred Mayan sites are built where there's like fresh sources of fresh spring water. So they might be near a river, but they also want to have access to fresh spring water because they believed um, that the water that comes like directly from the ground is sacred because it's been purified by the earth. And so the other site that I had a chance to visit, um, it's commonly known as uh, ATM. Um, so if you just kind of like look up ATM Belize, you'll be able to find out what the you know the full the full name is because I I'm not even going to try that one. And that site is um, interesting in a different way because it's actually. Uh, a, a cave system, and so did the tour there. And you have to you have to cross a, a river three times, and then to get into the cave, you literally have to swim into the cave, and you're going in and out of water, and you're you're crawling and ducking, and uh, to get back in the depths of the caves, they've mapped apparently three about three point three miles of this cave system. We didn't do uh, all of that, but apparently we got about uh, one kilometer in there. So um, pretty far for... Uh, there's there's some noise back there. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, but, you know, one, a kilometer back, and, I, and then they start showing you the Mayan artifacts. So you start seeing 
lot of um, broken pottery, and some are almost complete pots. And um, one of the things that's so amazing is that it's effectively, you know, almost like a museum because they're still there in the original location. And one of the questions is like, well, how, how come they're still there? Why didn't somebody, you know, take these over all the, the hundreds and whatnot years? And in this case, because um, there's, you know, stalactite, stalagmite, all sorts of beautiful uh, formations that happen in cave structures like this where you have lots of water flowing. It's their, um, all these artifacts are literally calcified to the floor. So they can't, you can't remove them even if you wanted to. Um, and then um, as we start going further back into this, into this cave, it start being able to show us um, human remains. So um, there's one pile of uh, finger bones um, that they said was supposedly from um, uh, auto-sacrifice, you know, sort of self-sacrifice, an individual cutting their own finger off to sacrifice to the, uh, the gods. And then as we went further back, start seeing uh, full human remains um, that were from, you know, full, full human sacrifice. And, you know, they, they could tell by how the bones were that, you know, this, this is, they were not done willingly, but, you know, they were, they were dragged here and then um, the sacrifice was, was, was done. Um, and then when you get the furthest back, there's one of the most uh, complete um, skeletons um, on display. And I think it's commonly called the Crystal Maiden, um, even though they, believe, they later believe that it's a skeleton of a male, because apparently most of the sacrifices were um, done with men. Um, and the bones are calcified, and so they can kind of have, um, uh, you know, a sheen to it, a crystal look to it. So that's why the Crystal Maiden name uh, was done. And um, so the question starts being like, well, you know, why, why uh, go to the depths of these caves? And then why, you know, bring people back here to do, you know, pretty horrendous uh, ritual of sacrifice? And the history that I've been able to understand from the, the guides I've taken at the various sites, you know, and some of this I remember a little bit from school. I did a little bit of reading. I, I really enjoy history. I like the stories. Dates and stuff, not exactly my thing. And so, if, you know, if you are a really big Mayan history buff, like, you know, I'm probably going to fuck up some, some dates and, um, you know, some, some facts here, but... Uh, I believe I believe my knowledge of the story is roughly, and that's where the lesson is going to be learned is more from the story. And you know, was it you know 932 A.D. or 815 A.D. that something happened? May or may not make a big difference. And if it does make a big difference, you know, shoot me an email podcast at justwink.com. Um, so, what was going on? Because this is a lot of effort to bring somebody against their will, you know, a, you know, a kilometer up into a cave system and then, you know, do these, do these rituals. And it was because they had desperate time. So, um, was told that, you know, uh, sort of when a lot of these sacrifices and things were happening is around what's known as the classical period, which I believe is around 700 to 900 AD, which, you know, we're talking about 1200 ish years ago. And then some of these uh, giant temples that, 
you know, where they've placed uh, these structures in positions so that uh, the sun or the moon might line up at special events, you know, that some of those were begun possibly as early as like, you know, uh, 1000 or 1200 BC, maybe even earlier. You know, so we're just talking like, you know, amazing knowledge of astronomy and then an ability to do precision building. And so there's definitely some amazing technologies in some areas. And then this enabled them to have a, what I was told, I can't remember the exact area, if it was just the area of Belize or it could have been a wider area, uh, but a, a population of about two to three million people. And one of the areas where, you know, they were able to do a lot of agriculture, but um, I'm pretty sure it was nowhere near as efficient as our modern agriculture today. So what, what does that mean? If you have that many people, they're going to need way, 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 way more land devoted to agriculture to feed and sustain. And how did the ancient Maya uh, do that agriculture with, on such a mass scale? And they have evidence that they did slash and burn agriculture. So that's where they would just completely devastate, you know, lush, gorgeous jungle so then they could plant crops. And eventually this started having an impact on the environment where instead of it being, you know, lush rainforest, because honestly there hasn't been a day here that it hasn't rained. You know, some days it rains more than others, but there's always been at least some, some rain, right? So what happens is you start getting rid of a big part of that ecosystem, which is, you know, all of the trees and all of the foliage and all that things starts to affect the weather pattern and they start to have less rain. They start to suffer from drought and there's drought, you know, food, but you still have the same number of people. They all want to eat. So what starts happening? They get more desperate. They start wanting, you know, maybe they go slash some more land somewhere and maybe they start getting into the territory of, you know, other villages, other, other leaders, things like that. And so they start turning to the religious leaders like, what's going on? Why are we not, you know, favored by the gods anymore? And we see this sometimes, you know, with our own leaders, right? Where maybe they don't even know, or maybe they do know, but they're embarrassed that uh, they, they maybe fucked up and they did something that was damaging and was not a good idea. So they come up with like, well, let's do this. Um, if, if we sacrifice somebody to the gods, from the neighboring village, from the neighboring uh, tribe, uh, or whatever they called it, then um, that'll make the gods happy, and uh, you know we'll get good rain, and we'll get this, and um, we we see that uh, that that didn't work because effectively, um, you know the the ancient Mayan civilization that created and utilized all of these temples and things effectively kind of disappeared you know, uh, abandoned all these large structures that were used for these large cities, you know, sometime in the 900 AD-ish, well before Europeans ever ever came. So the Mayans didn't, uh, large civilization, there wasn't much to, to conquer. It had already fallen and kind of been abandoned. And what I noticed about the story is that it was what, what are they focusing on? You know, they were facing, you know, destruction and death. And what was the answer to that with, you know, some of these, these rituals and sacrifice? It was focused on destruction and death. So what did they get more of? Destruction 
and death, because more of the same results in more of the same. So I really find it a very beautiful, well, maybe it's not so beautiful, but beautiful in a way of cautionary tale of some ways seeing, um, you know, being careful of what, what to focus on. And if you just start having a limited viewpoint of what are your options, the options might not be very good. Instead of, you know, thinking like, well, let's just do more of the same, get up to a higher level and try to, is there a different way to play the game? So it makes me kind of think of, you know, some of, some of our eccentric billionaires that are, you know, trying to get into space that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of ego too, but in another way, they're, they're looking at a bigger, bigger picture. They're like, well, resources on Earth, it, that's, that's limited. So at some point, you know, it's going to get limited or appear limited, and people are going to fight. So what if we go to a much higher level and start looking outside of the planet Earth for, you know, places to live, resources, things like that? So if we don't just focus on the problem, if we focus at a higher level and see what the other options are, then something different can possibly happen. We don't know where that's going to go with the space exploration. Um, but we do know, at least the evidence to me is if uh, we just focus on, you know, hey, I think I'm missing out on something, let me get it from somebody else. If I feel like I've been taken from, and I go and take, eventually, if it's just taking, 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 no giving, no giving, no giving, we all lose out. So to me, the lesson is, where, whenever I feel like I'm losing something, where can I feel like I can give something? Um, where can I place my attention on what there is, you know, gratitude? Um, you know, can I let go of other people that have wronged me? You know, so, um, yeah. And then also I've been having a great chance to uh, travel around with a local guide. He's just been um, really amazing. And so I've gotten a chance to, you know, go into, you know, uh, the, the jungle here, and he was able to point out like in about half an hour in a small area of, you know, oh, this is a plant that you can, you can eat if you're hungry. Here's another one. It's, it kind of tastes like steak. And then, oh, here's a plant that the sap is poisonous, but wherever you find this tree, you'll find this other tree called the tourist tree that has the antidote. So from that tree, you just, you know, cut a little off that and rub that, and that'll heal. That um, there basically is always, you know, the... Uh, uh, poison and the antidote, the good and the bad, is always available. Um, and it's really just knowing what to look for so that you can really um, survive off of, you know, everything that's available here. That, you know, that was available to the ancient Maya as well. Um, and a lot of those traditions are still being kept alive, although it's uh, been less and less as I've gotten a chance to talk to the, the local people here, you know, just like in America, you know, more people just, they want to be on their phone. They just want to watch some movies. Um, you know, they don't, not everyone wants to, you know, learn, you know, well, how do you make, uh, how do you make food? How do you make cocoa, you know, using a grinding stone, things like that. Because, you know, it takes work and takes, takes effort, you know, whereas like, oh, just, you know, go order it off of Amazon effectively. Um, even though I'm not sure they have Amazon here. I did see a lot of Amazon boxes, but I don't know if they have Amazon here. And so I think what I'd like to, you know, end with is, so we've, 
we've got some great lessons from history, and I think what's good about history is it gives us an option to maybe play out some things before we have to play them out in our own in our own life in our own society. Because one of the uh, ancient principles I always kind of like um, from Hermeticism is as above, so below. So often what applies to an, a society at large can also look at that at the individual level. And so, you know, perhaps you're like, well, hey, what am I going to do? Like, I can't, I can't fix all the world's problems. That's right. You can only fix your own problems. And as you fix your own problems, perhaps that impacts those around you. And then those people impact those around them. And so really what you do at an individual level does have a big impact. So just it's a matter of time, but focus on what you can focus on and put that focus on someplace beneficial and helpful and focus on the giving. And you can also just give to yourself. That's totally good too. So I got to get packed up. I leave, uh, I leave today from Belize and I head off to Costa Rica. So take care. And if you've got any questions, email me podcast at justinwink.com and uh, find me on social media, Justin Wink PhD on Instagram and Facebook. And also just look for Justin Wink on LinkedIn. So uh, again, if you've got any questions, hit me up and uh, good day. Good day.